Hello and welcome to week 14 of A Year Full of Gratitude podcast with me, your host, Claire Yosa, also of A Year Full of Gratitude. And this week, we are talking about my three Ds method to cut your to-do list in half and why we so often say yes when we are secretly screaming no. (laughs) So I don't know about you, but my to-do list sometimes feels like it's never going to end. And one of the reasons it can get like that is it is so easy for us to say yes when we're secretly screaming no inside. So this week, I'm going to share with you my three D's process to cut your to-do list in half. It's brutal, but it works. And also the questions, the two questions you can ask yourself to understand why you might be saying yes when your heart is screaming no. And Saying yes when we secretly mean no is one of the biggest reasons why we end up overwhelmed, absolutely exhausted as people pleasers and frankly resenting how much we have to do. So I remember with my mum before she died, she used to cook cakes for her local church and she loved doing it. She loved baking and it gave her an excuse because we'd moved out from home decades before and she only saw the grandchildren every now and then. And what happened is she would bake the cakes. Then the next time church would come back and say, oh, it was great. Thank you for doing 20 fairy cakes. Next time, could you do twice as many? Could you do 40? Could you do 96? And suddenly she'd be cooking a hundred cakes. So she'd gone over the years from being quite happy just to whip up a batch to suddenly it could be a whole day's work. And it was costing her a fortune on her pension for ingredients for these cakes that she was giving to the church. And she always felt this inner conflict of, I really want to say yes, and I want to help them. On the other hand, I'm absolutely exhausted. And even when she was struggling with terminal cancer, she would still be cooking these cakes because she'd set up a habit of saying yes, when occasionally maybe she should have said no. And it happens with all of us. We end up agreeing to things that maybe we didn't quite want to do. You know, that feeling of heaviness that I've got to do this, I ought to. I ought to. This is the key trigger of I ought to is your warning sign that you're saying yes when there's a bit of you that wants to say no. Sometimes it's that we're just not very good with boundaries. Sometimes it's fear of rejection. Sometimes it might just be a habit. People expect it from us and we say yes on autopilot without thinking. Sometimes it's because we're secret people pleasers and I know I've done this one before. So The key here is not to ask yourself, why am I saying yes when my heart is saying no? Because the bit of you that is saying yes will then suffer from something that psychologists call the backfire effect. It will dig its heels in and it will justify why saying yes was the right thing to do. The word why rarely produces anything other than resistance. Now, there are two self-mentoring questions you can ask yourself to find out what's going on when you're saying yes, but thinking no. It's all about secondary gain. What am I getting from this crazy behavior? (laughs) Because the secondary gain is actually what drives us not being able to change a habit. That habit at some level is doing something for us. I used to work when I was doing hypnotherapy with smokers and people didn't smoke necessarily because they liked 
cigarettes. They could see it made their teeth yellow. It gave them a horrible yucky cough in the morning. It gave them yellow fingers and people didn't want to sit next to them in restaurants back in those days. It wasn't that they liked smoking. The smoking was doing something for them. Sometimes it was a social thing. Sometimes it was a physical stimulus. Sometimes it was that relaxation of that first deep inhale and then breathing out. It was actually a craving for a relaxation response that they could get without the cigarette. All of those were examples of secondary gain. If you did hypnosis to heal the need to smoke, but you hadn't addressed the secondary gain, they would pick up another habit to meet that need instead. So understanding what our crazy behavior and habits and autopilots do for us and being able to meet that in a healthier way is vital for changing a habit. So the two questions are, number one, what is saying yes doing for me? What is saying yes doing for me? Why did I say yes to baking that 200 batch of fairy cakes? Well, because I want to feel special. I want to feel important. I want to feel like I belong. I want to feel like I've made a difference. I feel I need to give back. And then look at the stuff that maybe isn't quite so virtuous. <laughs> it's, I, I'm scared they might reject me. I'm scared they won't be my friends anymore. Play with this, yeah? What is saying yes doing for me? And question number two, what will I risk losing if I say no? What will I risk losing if I say no? And just let your bub answers bubble up for that one. What will I risk losing if I say no? Because secondary gain is almost always about something that we're scared of losing. It's some hidden benefit we're getting from that crazy behavior. And the lack of boundaries in saying yes too often is a crazy behavior because it exhausts us and it means we can't do the things that we really want to be doing. I'm not saying that to judge you. It's just, you know, this stuff doesn't make rational sense. When you've got your answers to those two questions, you can ask yourself the third one. How could I meet that need in a more healthy way? How could I meet that need in a more healthy way? Do that and the need to say yes instead of no will start to melt away. And if you do then occasionally turn around and say, actually, I can't do it this time, or I don't want to do it this time, which is the braver option, <laughs> you'll feel more confident because you won't be struggling with an inner conflict. You'll be more congruent and people will understand what you're saying because you'll be doing it from a place of strength and love, not fear and anger. So the three Ds for halving your to-do list, cutting it in half, they build on this. They are ditch it, delegate it, do it. When you've dealt with your needs, so you can use these two questions, yeah, to find out why your to-do list is so long. Why? Yeah, don't ask the why. <laughs> what is having an overflowing to-do list doing for me? And what will I risk losing? if I cut my to-do list in half? And how could I meet those needs in a more healthy way? So you ditch it. If you're really, really honest, I mean, I find this often, if I'm about to go away, my to-do list will cover reams of paper. As I'm sitting on that plane, a good chunk of it will not have been done. Because when I hit 
that wire, there was actually no need for it to be done at that time. I had created that need. Ditch it, go through, be ruthless. Does this really need to be done? Does it need to be done now? If the answer is no, ditch it. The next one is delegate. Now you might not have a huge team around you, but it's amazing what you can delegate. And I find I work a lot with mothers of youngish children who are either running their own business or who are quite senior in other people's companies. And we don't tend to delegate very well. We take everything on ourselves. Now you might find, for example, if that's you, you need a cleaner. Somebody who can come in and keep the house basically clean and tidy so you can be a better mum and a better leader. There will be things you can delegate. There are things that kids can do. So the technique we did last week, if you've got the happiness mindset for kids, details in the show notes, clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash week 1414. The technique last week is about helping kids to help more. And I have a dear friend who whenever she sees my kids, she's like, they just put that in the dishwasher. And they actually just agreed to put their clothes away when you'd wash them. How do you do that? Her kids do nothing. We have to train them. We either train them that we do it all or we train them that they help. And you don't have to be an army sergeant major to make that happen. I'm not perfect on this, but it is possible. If you looked through your to-do list right now, what could you ask other people to do for you? What could you ask for help with? And then the third one, do it. We spend more time complaining and stressing than doing. I learned this when I was 16 doing my GCSE geography. And there was a girl in the class, we had to do an assignment that had to be something like a thousand words long, which now that I've written multiple books over a hundred thousand words, that's peanuts. But back then it was impossible. Yeah. (laughs) And this particular girl was actually close to nervous breakdown because she'd freaked herself out so much about not being able to do this. And she'd started taking time off school and she looked like she was going to fail her exams. So my geography teacher took her to one side, listened to her to find out what the problem was, and then helped her create a step-by-step plan to get it done. He helped her to turn her mountain back into a molehill and then see that by following his step by step process over the course of that weekend, she could get the project done. And she did. And she passed the exam because he helped her to stop telling the stories of I can't do this and turn it into and here is how I am doing it. And now it is done. So this is why the third D is just do it. If you can't ditch it and you genuinely can't delegate it, just do it and apply the technique from week 13 in your gratitude journal, page 68, to help yourself do it with a smile on your face and a grateful heart. So I hope you found that useful today. If you have, please let iTunes know with a lovely review. Make sure you've subscribed. And I'd love to hear from you over in the forum if you're a member of the Readers Club for a year full of gratitude, how did you get on with this technique? What were your answers to the questions, the self-mentoring questions? And which of the three Ds do you think you'd find easiest? And which would your mind object to? (laughs) I'd love to hear from you. Next week, in week 15, I'm going to be sharing with you my three-word mantra for making life easier. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. 